Welcome to the Social Flight Live podcast, an audio version of our live show, hosted every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern at socialflightlive.com. Social Flight is brought to you by Aspen Avionics, Avidyne, Bose Aviation, Continental Aerospace Technologies, Lightspeed Aviation, Massimo Mighty Sat, Tempest Aero Group, and Whip Air. And now, here's your host, Jeff Simon. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Social Flight Live. I'm Jeff Simon. We have a wonderful show for you this evening. David Copeland, Director of Sales for Technum Aircraft, is going to be here. And uh, I can't wait to share my experience with uh, seeing these aircraft and uh, David's amazing background with all of you. It, it really is fascinating to see a cool aircraft company and uh, some of the wonderful things that they are doing. Before we get started, just a few quick things. First of all, our Fly to Win Challenge just completed one phase and now we're into another one. We gave away a Lightspeed Zulu 3 headset to our winner, William Dubois of Santa Rosa, New Mexico. And now we are giving away another one, but this time for the holidays, it's going to be a Lightspeed Delta Zulu headset that we're giving away on December 1st. All you need to do in order to win this headset is to log into Social Flight. You get the app for your phone and just check in even once at your local airport. If you check in even once, you are entered during that period to win that amazing Lightspeed Delta Zulu headset. And if you go and fly and go to different airports and check in and compete and be on our leaderboard, well then you get extra entries and increase your chances to win. So very, very cool things. Of course, we're all here to support general aviation and get you out there and flying with tens of thousands of cool places to fly, events, things like that. Just social place just chock full of it. So please go check it all out to support general aviation. Tonight's broadcast is brought to us by Continental Aerospace Technologies. I'll tell you, I'm a huge fan of Continental and they are a supporter of Social Flight. They, they power the bonanza that we fly as well. And, uh, you know, with, with tonight, when we're talking about Technum Aircraft, their CD170 uh, diesel engine uh, is something that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about that they use that in the P210. Their Gitso 520S that's used in Technum's uh, P2012 stole and the Traveler. There's just a ton to talk about. They're a fantastic company. And if you are looking for engine or engine parts and support for your aircraft, you just cannot do better than going directly to the factory with Continental. So now I would like to proceed to tonight's show. I have to tell you, um, uh, against the landscape of 50-year-old general aviation aircraft designs, there is one company that continues to innovate and release new aircraft at a staggering pace, and they do it with style. Their name is Technum. I met David Copeland, Technum's Director of Sales at AirVenture this year, this past summer, and I have to say I was astonished at how modern, efficient, and frankly beautiful the aircraft were, both inside and out. Technum's story as a family-owned company is fascinating, and David Copeland knows both Technum and the general aviation industry like few others. He's a veteran executive with experience ranging from Raytheon's Beechcraft aircraft to Mooney, Midcontinent, and now Technum. I am absolutely thrilled to have him here on the show tonight. I'm going to bring him on the line now, and please help me welcome to Social Flight Live, David Copeland. How are you doing, David? Hey, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on this evening. It's awesome to be here with all your people. Oh, uh, I'm absolutely thrilled to have you here. And so I have to tell a personal story about this because we, uh, my my boys and I, Jake, Ben and I, we spend, you know, this for me, it's what 30 something years of going to AirVenture. Uh, they've gone as long as they can remember. And so we've seen a lot of planes. And I mean it very sincerely when I when I tell you this story, which is, um, we, we were going around the show looking at all different things, and one of the areas we found ourselves in was in the classic aircraft section, where you've got the, the stagger wings and Stinsons and all these other things from this golden era of aviation. And we happened to be looking at the details, which included things like, for example, little things like door handles and pitot tubes and things that were incredibly crafted. And I remember us looking at a Stinson, and I'll show a picture of this later on, where the door handles were these, these 
polished, bullet-shaped, aerodynamic, crafted handles that just, we were just chatting about how cool all of that was. And it was shortly after that, that we came over, met you, and got a tour, in this case, mainly focused on the, the P2010. And we saw this amazing connection because it was the handles on the P210 that were polished, crafted, aerodynamic. They weren't like so many other aircraft, like either folded out of you know sheet aluminum uh, or just taken from a car. Like they were actually beautifully designed and crafted and everything else about the aircraft uh, was like that. And so I want to launch there and have you tell me a little bit about the company, its history, and what, how this, how something like these handles came to be. Great. Well, there's a lot of history behind that. Um, you're 30 years. I'm going to celebrate 50 years at Oshkosh this year. So I know there's a lot of kids trying to chase and out, outdo me, but we're going to have a little celebration, not only at Technum for uh, 76 years, but we're celebrating our 75th year right now. And a lot of that, like you talk about, we call it artistry in flight. Um, we, we look at retro designs, we look at the industry, and I think 75 years of, of innovation is really where it's all about. You know, being in Italy where Ferrari and, and, and all the other great companies are for cars doesn't hurt the fact that, that we might borrow some ideas and they borrow some from us because, you know, they are known for their craftsmanship, their quality, their innovation, and their style. And I think um, that really goes to the fact of even the door handles. I mean, every detail in the Grand Lusso that you are looking at, and even in our other aircraft, whether it's a P92 or a 2008 or, or our story, any of those aircraft that we build have that same artistry and flight. And I think part of it is the fact that not only the 75 years that the, the family's been working on this and, and getting better and better and providing the public and our customers better and more artistry in the air, as we call it, um, we have all of our engineering team and our leadership team and our sales team are all pilots. So it's not just engineered in a, in a, in a, on a computer. And I'll show you a little bit later about how the 2010 was actually how it came to life, which is pretty amazing. So, you know, I think, and I, I appreciate the fact that you appreciate and your sons appreciate that artistry because we go to great pains to make sure it flows well, it looks great, it operates uh, well. And it, and it does the job. So I think you'll see even in the interior shots, if you have any tonight, to show the, the, the folks that are on your, your channel, you know, how it blends into the side. So it's not just sticking out, right? It's got to look yeah. great. And it's got to fit your hand. Like I was, you know, even the control wheel. I mean, we had over 60 people handling the control wheel before it was formed for the Grand Lusso. And the leather and the stitching that went around it was specifically picked out by many people, including the owners of the company. So Everybody in every little detail is involved. And mm -hmm. um, you know, like I was saying, I think that artistry actually goes into the aerodynamics of the aircraft and how they fly. The leadership team all fly and they're all pilots and they fly the production aircraft. Uh, so I'm not really sure too many other companies go to that extent. Um, I know that they, you know, big bar and steel from other companies, we don't. We really develop and engineer and, and do the artistry ourselves in house. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it very much is. Um, as a baseline for this, before we get deep into the aircraft themselves, I'd like to uh, have you tell me a little bit more, expand on, on your background, because as you said, 50 years, first of all, blows me away. That's amazing. And you're, as I, I give a brief overview of your background, but you understand these other companies. You know what it's like at Beechcraft, at Mooney, at some of these, you know, what it's what it what the other companies are kind of dealing with yeah. tell me a little bit about your background how you got involved in that and then let's let's i'll bring up some of those pictures let's dive in well jeff i think we visited real quickly at, at oshkosh about you know how do we all get involved in aviation i you know my parents i think it's it's uh it's a legacy that i'm living a legend that you know i hopefully will fulfill and leave to my kids and our family and, and those generations behind but, you know, my dad was an army paratrooper, so it kind of started there and he taught my mom to fly. And during the flying lessons, I, I told this story to many and people are probably, maybe some people that are on this, this cast tonight will have heard this, but they say, how'd you get involved in aviation? Well, my mom made all the right things when she was you know, checking the list for her check ride and her tri-pacer out at the airport here in Wichita, Kansas, but she forgot to get a babysitter. So I sat in the back seat in a bassinet at three weeks old 
and a tri-pacer for her check ride. So fast forward that to, you know, we were uh, Piper dealers throughout the Midwest, and then we actually bought an aircraft aircraft uh, uh, airport in Wichita called Rodden Airfield and renamed it Copeland Airport. And that's right now, you can see it, it's Beach North or Beechcraft. Uh, that facility is still standing. They reworked the runway across Central so they could bring in the jets. So that's kind of how it started, um, driving back and forth in my 66 Delta 88 to flying lessons every day after school, and then going to the airport to work. Um, and, you know, we didn't join country clubs. We flew. Uh, my dad started the Flying Dentist Association. He also started the International Comanche Society. So really? we flew all over the country, 40-plus uh, states we flew on the weekends uh, all over the place. And one of the reasons that we're in Wichita, the air capital of the world, is the fact my dad wanted to be able to fly in, in one day in a single-engine airplane to any part of the United States, and this is the place to do it. So that's kind of how it all started. You know, there's a lot that went along the way. I'm very blessed that, you know, I had we had the Grumman American and Rockwell dealerships. So I kind of learned how to demo airplanes and how to sell airplanes, how to pump gas and how to do all those things you do at an airport. And then, you know, was an airline pilot for American for a while. And that was fun. And then met my current wife of 33 years and she was working at Cessna and, and, you know, we raised a family. So it's been a great, great career. You know, it's been fun. It's been, um, you know, I've looked at the, at the seminars that you've had and the people you've interviewed and I'm blown away, you know, by the people whether, you know, it's Jack Pelton or, or you know, the, the Bertan brothers, I think that those are the people that, that I look up to. And, and, and I think that all of us, if we can make just a small difference in aviation, I think that's what my parents did by starting aviation companies. My mom was also in, a president of the 99s and she started the first World Aero Congress for women to learn, um, get involved in aviation. And this was a dynasty that didn't exist 30 years ago and she started that. So. You know, we, you know, those little check marks along the way. I've got more check marks to make so I can leave my mark as well. But I think, you know, working for Technum allows me to do that because we can we can show and demonstrate and, and deliver aircraft like nobody else in this industry. Wow. That okay, so there's there's more to unpack in everything that you just said than I could ever cover in an hour. But you need to write a book, my friend. That is well, that is amazing. Did not Flying dentists, Comanche, start, starting both of those along, dealerships, um, uh, holy mackerel. Yeah, it was fun. It's it's just building on my things that I love to do and make a difference in, in life. When you talk about books, I, I do plan to write a book, especially about my international travel when I was at Cessna. We were involved in some pretty crazy situations, and I, I, had, I was blessed to travel internationally. And I think that culture... You know, I thought, you know, I always remember that the, the kids won't remember the toys, they'll remember the travel. So our kids have traveled a lot and they that's just like my parents took me all over the world. So I think that's really helpful in understanding culture and understanding situations and understanding where people are coming from because we're selling techdoms all over the world in every country. So I think it helps us as a sales team and leadership and looking to what people want and building an aircraft to expectations and hopefully to exceed those expectations. But a part of that is Technum's book that our, our PR director wrote is 356 pages long about the history of our company. So I, I really don't like to travel with it because it weighs about six pounds, but, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a fascinating story um, about the 75 years of the company that we proudly celebrate. Uh, we kind of celebrate every day with milestones for the industry and internally of you know, really making a difference, whether it's in sustainability, whether it's in innovation and certification, uh, we don't we don't sit back. We like you said earlier in the introduction, we usually introduce two new airplanes a year and we're on track to do that this year. And certification of two aircraft in this coming uh, 12 months is really going to be exciting for us as well, on top of some other programs we can't talk about tonight. So um, it's pretty exciting about every realm. And, and Technum, if you if you look at the certification path and you look at what we've got, we built 44 different models of eight different platforms. So it's pretty amazing to try to keep it all straight. And also, uh, we're building the U.S. market with Technum U.S. and in Canada as well. So that's beginning to spread. I think people understand, you know, where we're coming from and they look at, you know, parts availability and they look at, you know, reliability. They look at innovation and safety certification and all those things. And it kind of adds up to what we're doing today is adding all the best of those and the best, like you said, everything from the door handle to the Continental engines that we're using and the Rotax engines and Lycoming engines and all our great partners at, at, at Bose and at Garmin, and they're all of them. We, we're the best of the best. 
One thing that is very different that I want to make sure that that I, I do talk about is the fact that, you know, during the pandemic, we really didn't have a slowdown because we build 86% of the aircraft in-house. So, you know, besides wheels, tires and brakes and propellers and engines and um, some of the, and Garmin, of course, our avionics, we build about everything. So mm -hmm. seat tracks, we, you know, hand stitched leather, everything. So that really helped us excel and can continue to innovate and deliver aircraft when a lot of the other companies were basically sitting with the hangar doors open and nothing to deliver. So I think yeah. that's really made a difference. And we learned a lot through that. I think all of us did, but we weren't slowing down. We're actually building a new factory to increase our production about twofold in some of our production lines. Wow. So answer kind of the, please answer kind of the obvious question to those of us in the United States, which is with 70, five-year history what is why is it that, that for most Americans at these air shows it's it it's fairly new to start becoming familiar with the aircraft that you've got here well I, I think that you know it was just about two to three years ago that we started looking at the US I mean we have an 89 plus percent market share in Europe so of course that's where the, the company's based overseas and I think that's an easier backyard. Um, all of our aircraft are EASA certified prior to. So, you know, that until we looked at one of the largest, if not the largest uh, market in the United States, um, I think that we started to dip our toe in that and we found out the, and also I think it came with the right products at the right time. I mean, we've got MoGas products, we've got diesel Jet A products, we've got sustainable uh, SF products, we've got, you know, 100 low lead products we're as diversified as any company and, and we're the largest manufacturer to build the most aircraft in three categories, the LSA category, the single engine certified category and the twin engine category. No one else in the world does what we do. And I think we're really well positioned where some of the other companies, which I admire very much and I've worked for many of them, are really more into the turbine market. And that's a great market and we're gonna let them do that. But we're gonna really focus, we're really the kind of the only people that are really solely focused on general aviation at the, not the lower end and not the LSA end, but a general basic general aviation. Because as you and I know, and we study and we hear every day about the lack of pilots, it's, it's staggering. And so if we can be a small company of under 600 employees that can make a big difference, uh, we're number two and three every quarter of deliveries for Gamma. Mm. So that just kind of says this little company in Italy's doing something right. That makes a lot of sense and is very true. Um, I, I want to, I'm sure a lot of people are are waiting on some of the eye candy here, so I do want to show and talk about some of the uh, some of the aircraft themselves. And it starts with the the 2010, and then same platform as the Grand Lusso. And um, let's let's talk about this a a, a little bit um, as as an aircraft. Um, tell me a little bit about this. This is the one we spent the most time with, and of course, as you mentioned, there's a ton of other aircraft. But let's talk about these. I'm tearing off a piece of paper, okay? And when I was at Oshkosh a couple of years ago and I was talking to Fabio Russo, our lead designer and, and pilot, um, I asked him, I was writing and, and, and proofing a, a press, press release on our TDI, the first diesel aircraft to be in this category and class with the latest certification. And I was asking him, you know, more in, 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 in my English to him and we're trying to translate. And I just met the gentleman and, you know, I was, esteemed to even be in his presence because of all the aircraft that he's designed for us. And I said, Fabio, I said, how and what, how do I say this without saying Italian design and Italian this and that? Because, <laughs> because the press will take off on that. There's got to be something else than just Italian design. And he, and I, I, I really like this story. It's pretty basic, but he said, okay, get me a piece of paper. Okay. So I rip off a piece of paper and it was a little bit bigger than this one. And then he said, get me a pen. Gave him a pen. I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. He's going to write something on it, right? And so he did this. If I can get my pen to write. And he did this, and he did it a lot better than I did. But he basically drew a line of that airplane right in front of us. And I, I, it was total silence. It was like, wow, that's the silhouette of that airplane. And I didn't do it as well. I practiced a couple of times, and I still can't design it like he did. But people like that are everywhere at Techno, right? You know, and we're blessed to have, you know, the, the, the environment that we have and the sustainability that we've had in our employment to build an airplane like that. I mean, it's, it's incredibly beautiful. And, and I, I think that, you know, especially at MBAA and at Oshkosh and Sun and Fun, we're in front of large crowds at the Air Expos. 
and people come up to us and I love to just stand back and either have them open the door and take a whiff of the of the Italian leather because that it, it's abundant and the other thing that I think it's really cool for them to stand back and look at the airplane and, and hear what they say beautiful it's right the aerodynamics are right look at the wing look at look at how it's designed look how smart they were about this I mean this didn't come you know basically from a computer it came from a piece of paper like this and I think mm. that artistry literally came from our team and our leaders and of course the, the Pascale family and their you know three generations of leadership and investment and resources to get what we've got today and what's coming in the future so you know very blessed to be able to represent the company in that way but you know when you have things like that sitting on the ramp I mean it, it's pretty hard not to like it yeah, no, no question a, a, about it. And you know, one of the th one of the reasons I appreciate it so much. Of course, I've I've been in the industry for quite some time. And right. if if I think about it from the the cockpit first, if if a non pilot comes to me and says, "What do you love so much about flying?" I always th say, "Well, you're you've got this incredible blend of focus and experience and expertise and things you have to do." with beauty surrounding you and awe-inspiring things and artistry at this all happening at the same time right. that you can be proficient flying IFR and thinking all these things and then see this gorgeous layer of clouds right the industry of building aircraft and of making things products for for aviation it's hard to get a blend of those same things it's hard enough to engineer products and then get them certified that sometimes it's hard to get the artistry part in. We see breakthrough products that show up at AirVenture and you look at our great and then sometimes you're like, this is awesome. And then quietly people are like, this is great, but it looks terrible. Like right. you, the engineer made it through the whole process, but maybe it didn't get made gorgeous. And other things get made gorgeous and, and show up as skeletons that you're gonna promise someday and go on the wall of brochures that we have and never make it to reality. And so you somehow you manage to have the blend of both of them. How is it that Technum is able to certify, as you mentioned, so many different platforms, eight platforms and all these different variants, and then more to come uh, when some companies can never get one done? Well, I think it's not only 75 years of experience, but I think we're a super agile company, right? Because the leaders, I mean, it takes just, one or two people to make that final decision. Um, and, and it's it's very held tightly. Um, I think the fact that that they're all pilots and they blend very well with our engineers who are all pilots. And I think our in-house design center and the fact that they help design all these aircraft so they've all got to fly right. You know, they've got to look right and they got to fly right. And that's a very delicate situation like you just said. I mean, it may look great, but it's never gonna make the air. You've got to add all these things to it, you know. The, aerodynamic, the, the aerodynamics that we put into the P92 wing is fantastic for training, right? Mm -hmm. Slow, fat wing, awesome aircraft, flies around 40 knots. I mean, that's just an incredible airplane to fly and to land, right? And perfect for training students. But yet, you're going to touch the, the, the stick in that aircraft, and, and you'll feel like, and it looks a lot like an F-16, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the things that people and things that we've designed into the airplane that may be a little subliminal, but it's not not by chance, right? So so every little detail is looked at like that from from the top down, and a lot of customer feedback and a lot of owner feedback over these years. We've been able to do that, and also as we know, I mean, it's challenging to get all these aircraft certified. I think one of the things that that we look at is focusing on this network and not spreading ourselves to then into other networks of turbine aircraft and doing you know, winglets and try to break the speed, you know, you know, sound barriers and all that stuff. We're not into that. And, and also you probably noticed that the P-Volt program was put on hold and, and the NASA program was put on hold because of the fact that battery program and the power to do what we want to do at a weight and a speed and an artistry can't be done right now for us. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're not going to put fictitious things out there on the internet and we're not going to put things out there that don't make sense for us. So we came out a little bit early and said, hey, we had a partner of Rolls-Royce. I mean, that's who we partner with, right? And we couldn't make it happen. So we're looking at other things, whether it's a hybrid or whether it's we continue to look at electric and we continue to look at, you know, more sustainability within our fleet that we lead that 
record in sustainability in our MOGAS powered aircraft and even our diesel powered aircraft. So yeah. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think having you know the staff that we've got, the leadership that we've got, the 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 artistry that we even have on the on the floor building the aircraft is amazing. I you know we you and I and we've all been a lot of the people that are even on this call tonight have been to the to the best of the best. They've been to Boeing and they've been to Airbus and they've been to Beechcraft. They build great airplanes and and Cessna, the legacies there, and, and to our other partners. I mean, all great companies, but I don't think anybody does it like Technum, and it really shows. When you all came up to the display, you have been around, you've seen it, and when you look at our aircraft, there is a big difference. Tell me a little bit about the family. Tell me about the aspect of, of instead of being a large corporation owned by another large corporation or something like that, what the impact is of the fact that your family owned? Well, I'm gonna go back to a quick story I might have shared with you about, you know, when I was going to the airport, um, about every day I would see Olive Ann Beach driving her light blue Fleetwood Cadillac with a white top and white leather interior to work, right? And later on in life, she had a driver and, and the Lear family that has their home still here in Wichita as, as, as generations. And th those people are no longer with us. And I think the fact that the Pascali family is here and it's third generation and those people are very actively, this is, they live and breathe this every day, much like the pioneers of Olivan Beach and, and her family and, and the Lears and, and all those people, the Wallaces, all those fantastic people, the, a lot of them were right here from Wichita in the Midwest, grew up and, and did the same thing that I see Technum doing. And the reason that there's a P on the tail is the Pascali family. So. We never forget when we look at an airplane, really who's at the root of this is their family and their passion as well for doing the right thing for aviation in the future. That they're, they're really focused on you know green environment. That's another thing that you don't see a lot of companies talking about. They wanna leave this place better than they found it with aircraft for the future and safe. I mean, certification's a big deal. I mean, it, it'd be easier for us to take an old certification of an aircraft and just keep driving it along and maybe updating the avionics and putting some slick seats in it and maybe putting a wild paint scheme and maybe even a different prop and setting it at a show with great lights on it. That doesn't work for us. We yeah. have to have a fresh design with fresh certification to meet the very latest in FAA and EASA standards for the world. And that's what we're doing every time we do that. And it's interesting that there's that lineage that still goes on and the FAA will approve those. And I won't get off on that tonight. But, you know, if, if anything, I think that's probably the, the thing that we look at is, is if, if there's a fair playing field, that one's not fair at all, because we're delivering aircraft to the very latest in FAA standards and the ASA standards and other standards for the countries around the world that we take validation. So we take that very seriously, if you can't tell. Yeah, and it's true. You know, other companies are grandfathered in with old certification standards and things like that. And, and the other thing, which is, it's fortunate that that we have it in general aviation that we get something new but it's unfortunate that most of what comes new in other platforms is based on other companies come out with an SCC or come out with a new product and they aren't changes to the pro they aren't changes to the aircraft really they're adding an STC that is kind of aftermarket or making a change to avionics that is again basically aftermarket and saying this is our new plane um, well but on a, on, a, on a very positive note, I do want to say uh, catch on that Olivan Beach thing that you just said, because there is this beauty of recognizing an icon, uh, an icon in the industry and grasping that. And my understanding, please correct me if I'm wrong, is when you look at something, and I am a Beechcraft fan big time, you, you personally, when you were there, grasp onto that, because there's a reason that those aircraft had this big B on the tail. Is that okay? Yeah, we've done so many fun things in our family. Um, so um, when I was working at, at Beach and very proud of the fact that, that we spent some time there, made some, sold some great airplanes and jets. It was a, that was really great, great, great company, and they still produce great airplanes. And um, so I, I think we we're looking at a way to differentiate ourselves, right? And to I always said, you know, let's bring it back. And I was started with a B means bring the beach craft back to the tail, bring the B back, right? And that was a big campaign that a couple of us got on and, and we were successful in selling it to management because that at that time, I think it was, it was owned by Raytheon and people weren't really buying Raytheon airplanes or buying Beechcraft airplanes, right? 
So we wanted, we had a campaign to bring back the beach beach, the tail, which you even see is one of the most popular paint schemes around is the black and red and white and kind of a beige. It's still on a lot of kingers that are flying around even today, they make renovations of that. So we decided to, to bring that back and, and the interiors team and the exteriors team did an incredible job of, of bringing that back and showing the people. And it was the most popular paint scheme continues today to be. Also, I think a big part of that is my mother started the Kansas Aviation Museum. Back then, it was the Wichita Aeronautical Historical Association to preserve the iconic history that we have here in town. And way back when Beechcraft had a big, bright, red neon sign on the side of the building on East Central, they took it down when they brought the Hawker over and changed up some of their branding, right? So that happened to find its way to the Kansas Aviation Museum. And during that time, we said, what a great idea to bring the Beach Bee back to Beechcraft. So we brought it back and everybody that drives east on Central now will see that bright red neon Beechcraft sign very proudly that designates parallel to their, their main runway there at Beach. So, you know, if you have just a little bit of difference and making a difference in aviation, that's one of them that I think we did is bring back the Beach Bee. And it was the right thing. And I think even today, I mean, you see it all over the place. And I saw it just at, at very proudly on all of their uh, branding. So that's just a small thing. I mean, we, she used to deliver the aircraft and my mother and, and Pat McEwen, a, a great friend of our family, the McEwens are fantastic people and, and they raced together and, and Pat, they used to fly their 1969 B-35B, still in the family, still flown by one of the McEwens. And that aircraft was personally delivered by Olivan. It was really cool and the keys and the aluminum grip paint. So. Those things I'll never forget. And I think those are iconic moments for us to, you know, that that's a, it's a classic airplane that will, you know, the design of that. I think some of those classic designs were lost possibly along the way as we try to go into different divisions and to do this and do that. I think the parallel there is that Technum hasn't lost that artistry. They haven't lost that legacy and they continue to operate with incorporating those things into the flight and how it's supposed to feel and how it's supposed to fly. I think that sometimes gets lost with the IP that's sold off to other companies around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, well, I've I've certainly seen that through my career as as well. It's it's hard when founders and and key you know dr drivers of what a name means uh, tends to get lost sometimes in the corporate environment. Um, I want to take people inside now uh, of the aircraft to give them an idea what it is that we're actually talking about. Um, and and I've got a couple of pictures here, but this this doesn't look like a, a, like what you'd see out of a typical aircraft when you get in. Even ones that are more modern, a little bit. Th these this is impressive. And one of the things that we noticed when we climbed into it, first thing we noticed, no screw heads anywhere. We couldn't find screw heads anywhere, which seems like that. It seems like you go into even uh, what's considered the brand new interior of some other brands, and they still have screw heads everywhere. You know, it, it just it doesn't look like what you'd expect when you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars and you're thinking modern design. No screw heads at all. The other thing was I was amazed when we got into it and we're starting to get everything arranged, and you're like, oh, the seat's power. <laughs> and we reached down, we hit a button, and your seat just rises to whatever level. I'm like wait, wait a minute, This I know this is what cars do, but I've never been in a GA plane that had a power seat like that. And the center console had places that made sense and the wires come out for your phone and the chargers work and it's just, holy mackerel, that's what this. So take me a little bit through this interior as I show this one and then, and then we'll flip to another one. Well, I mean, you start at the headliner, it's all leather headliner, uh, the finest Italian leather, and the just the way every touch surface in the aircraft is leather, is Italian leather. So everything you touch is leather, except of course the seat belts and some things like that. But you can see the tufted leather on the seats. We take several designers, not only automobile designs, but also fashion is a big deal, of course, for Italians. And so we try to incorporate those ideas and those looks into an ergonomic design that's comfortable, which is not an easy combination. In this aircraft, we redesigned the center console to include, um, you know, even the parking brake, moving that to the center, making it easy for somebody to park an airplane. You don't think about that, or making it easy for them to uh, to hook up. Of course, everybody's into their phones, so you've got to have that. They've got to be the right size for the Android and the iPhones to put down in the center console. 
for charging. You don't have wires running all over. You don't have them plugged into the to the to the you know near the avionics or near a door when you need to get out, whatever. So we put that all very nicely in in into the center. Also for the back seat passengers, we have the same amenities back there. I think one of the things I don't want to miss, and I don't know if you have that picture, but this aircraft, the 2010 series, has a third door, which is amazing for the back seat passenger. So you can put a 6'5 person in the back seat of that aircraft with the front seats all the way back and not touch your knees on that. I'll see whether I uh, uh, actually, I definitely have that. Let's get back to that. So there it is. So, I mean, that just makes sense, right? Why don't we have three doors in an airplane, right? We don't need to come up over the wing and crawl down into it and do a hatch. Open it like a car, like like it should feel right, right? So we go across and it has the articulating seats. Everybody has um, a window seat, of course, and that we've actually, as, as we've noted in there, the aerodynamic lines from the outside, we even put a window past the baggage compartment for that, just for that look of that Italian sleek aerodynamic design. Um, it's, that, it's so that, that's an example right there of one that I want to touch on. And let me right. uh, bring something. It's, it's not easy to see from these images in particular, but um, there were two things that were really of note. One was that window you said, which is this this line that that you can kind of see in this of the front window the back window but then there's this third window over the baggage area which clearly um a a an accountant or a typical engineer might look at and say why would you do that? like it's unnecessary it's it's not gonna it doesn't really bring much light back into the cabin but it, the style of it the fact that the that it exists is impressive and i believe when we were talking with you you equated it to yachts and and how that how those are designed right also i think in our industry i think you'll see some of the designs that do paint to fake a window i've been in companies that actually do that they'll sell you a a a a piece of plastic or something to put over the or a decal to put on to make it look like it's bigger than it is and some jets that i've seen but that's not what we do we do it right you know and and also it just adds more ergonomic uh feel for the aircraft and um, like when you open the baggage compartment, you know, how many keys do we really need, right? You don't want one for the baggage compartment too, because they all get lost and they're all keyed wrong and all that. We've been all through that. There's one key for the airplane all the way through. It's a push start, just like your car. You have a, a pull just inside, like when you're at, a, at the finest automobile. So we take that as a reference point, how it should feel, how it should look, the power seats, how high it should be. The visibility is fantastic in this airplane. Actually, this aircraft flies a little bit nose down attitude, so you have even better visibility than most. So it really just the, the artistry of the, the inside and the outside were very, very carefully designed for people today, not yesterday, but today looking forward. The, the other thing when you talk about details there to help people understand that is you, you, when you mentioned the baggage compartment, there is no latch for the baggage compartment on the outside. You you open the rear door, you reach in, there's a release. It's all perfectly smooth. You look at it and you're like, how does this work? And then in a moment, you realize there's a button and it just opens. Right. No screw heads and no outside latches. That's what we like, right? We want it as smooth as possible. De- definitely. And before we actually leave the 210, because I want to make sure we talk about the other aircraft and we talk about uh, a bunch of other topics, I want to show that last thing since i am now i guess turning into the door handle guy this is this is the stinson one but this this is the inside of your of your door this doesn't look like an aircraft door yeah and that's that's just the 2010 that's not even the grand luso so it even gets better than that so yeah i mean it's it's it is really 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 cool i mean it's just the thought of everything and where your arm's going to be and how you you know when you're resting your arm where is it going to rest and How's that going to be? And, you know, after an hour or two, how that's going to feel. So I think, you know, map pockets and pockets and places to put, you know, Chrysler were the people that, you know, made cup holders. So we had to make sure we had enough cup holders in the aircraft. So we try to incorporate all those things. And also we're not just selling this aircraft in the United States. We sell it around the world. So things that work in Europe or sizes might not work here. So so we try to, you know, we, we've invested with the best vendors and best support that we have whether it's Continental or Lycoming or Rotax, whether it's, you know, you know the, the, the rubber that's on the tires or, or all those things are very, very precious to us to make sure that we're offering the very best. Wow. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about the rest of that product line. So we have time for a few other things there. And um, so these are just a, a few other ones. I'm going to start over here with one that's getting a lot of attention right now, which is the P Mentor. Yeah, that's that's fun. Uh, so we introduced this at Aero Friedrichshafen in April of, of a year ago, actually, in April. And um, it with rave reviews, you know, almost 100 orders just during those couple of days of the show. Uh, this aircraft is revolutionizing the training market and also the personal owned market. There hasn't been an IFR two-place single engine uh, certified IFR aircraft since the 152. And this is that airplane. Now, this is nothing like a 152. That was in 1973. And we take it to 2023. 2023, and we have an aircraft with all the latest as far as power with our fuel-injected 912 engine from Rotax uh, to the sliding canopy that's been been very refined, um, much like what I you know grew up in flying a cheetah and a tiger and a T-cat. I mean, this has a lot of those really cool aspects of it. Also with the the touch screen that we have from Garmin, the very latest there, the seats. Um, uh, if you're 6'5", you're going to fit in this airplane great. Actually, the person that's flying that is is Francisco Sfera, uh, one of our te flight test pilots, and he's 6'5", at least, and his, <laughs> has his headset on, and you can see he has plenty of headroom there. So a lot of people that came to, we have to have one at Oshkosh this year on display before it was certified, and um, it was amazing. We put people in the airplane. Sometimes people don't let you sit in the airplanes. We want people to sit in the airplane, want them to feel the airplane, want them to look at the airplane. So we also, you know, um, a laminar flow, all one piece leading edge. Um, the aerodynamics of that aircraft are fantastic. We had some of the leading uh, media teams over there recently uh, to fly the airplane. And my most important thing to get from them was their first words when the canopy was back. They slide the canopy back and I want your first words, what you thought of the airplane, okay, unbiased. And they say it's it's a, a fantastic training platform and no surprises. Those almost every single time they said that it doesn't drop off in a in a stall in some strange way. It wants to fly, right? All mm -hmm. of our aircraft like to fly. We don't want any strange things. We won't we don't want to have to add BRS systems in there to get certification. This aircraft flies right. And again, back to the P92 and back to the 2010 series and even to our 2012 series, they all fly right. A lot of time and engineering has gone into the aerodynamics of this aircraft. So yeah. that alone is pretty exciting. And then the fact that we're certified and actually validated in over 16 countries already, we're anxiously awaiting the certification of the aircraft by the FAA. And that's actually a validation. It's certified. He also certified the airplane immediately uh, upon its presentation and 16 other countries followed. So we're anxious to get some airplanes delivered here in the United States. It's a, uh, it's it's we've got a great backlog of aircraft. Uh, as I said, we're building a new factory uh, to add on to the current production because uh, we see the future not only of this aircraft but some others to follow. So it's pretty exciting to have the only single-engine IFR certified aircraft since the 70s in your backyard, right? That so is very it's, very cool. It's really and, and cool. I I I also appreciate when you're talking about flying qualities. I've I've been fortunate enough to be in, invited to fly many, many new LSAs that come out that many of them look, to be honest, really sexy and it looks cool. It looks fun. You get in them and they don't all, they don't all fly great. <laughs> uh, and, and I love that you also, you know, harkened back to the Grumman. I'm a, I'm a huge Grumman. Our first aircraft was a traveler um, yeah. and I worked with the AYA organization tech director for many years. So I'm, I'm, very, very passionate about Grumman aircraft, and they they have that feeling, they have that passion of how much fun they are to fly. And so the idea of bringing all of that together with good flying qualities in what you're doing here uh, with the P Mentor is very cool. Well, thank you. And and you know we think it's just wait till it lands at your airport. <laughs> it's going to be a show, let me tell you, because we've taken it on a couple of, of stops on the way back from Oshkosh, and it was just everybody. Every student couldn't get there. And, you know, it's built for a rugged environment as well, which is is important. It's not just looks great, but it's got to operate right. And it's got right. to operate at a very low cost of operation. It can take abgas and mogas. So those are really important to what we think the future of aviation is. I mean, it doesn't take, you know, two, two votes up in Washington to change 
what's going to happen with our you know fuel and so yeah. we've seen that go on and threaten even the 100 lola um again Absolutely. like you said earlier we're not an stc company we want to make sure we're prepared for the future and rotax is a, a fantastic partner of ours to provide an aircraft that does just as well on mogas as it does on avgas so we're pretty blessed to have all that combination and it's ready now it's ready to go right now which is is not some futuristic thing and and also the sustainability i'm going to say that again our training aircraft if you go from your first flight all the way through to your certificates advanced certificates you will save the environment 62 percent in emissions and that's a big big deal if i was to put it on a piece of paper you'd be blown away by how many cars that would fuel how many houses it would fuel all of that together one single aircraft and one single pilot being able to do that is, is pretty amazing. So that's across all of our fleet. And yep. just another point, this is not an LSA, this is a certified airplane. So that's pretty exciting for us too, because we're going into a whole new realm of a whole new development phase of, okay, we have our LSAs, they're super successful and continue to sell very well. And now we've created a backlog for this to be certified FAA certified aircraft, the P-Mentor. So yep. I can see a lineage of that aircraft as well. So you know, I think we go back to, you know, what our focus is of our company. And you can see we've heavily invested into not only very small aircraft, such as an LSA, we continue to improve each one of those aircraft. We don't forget about them. We continue to improve them and then bring along a totally new aircraft like the P-Mentor. Yeah. And I, and I think you mentioned that, of course, there's a big difference between LSA and certified. And one of the things a lot of flight schools have discovered when they've attempted stuff with, with LSAs is it's tough when it comes to the durability uh, uh, to be able to keep something that's that, that needs to be a workhorse. Uh, let's right. let's do a little bit of a speed round here uh, with, with our time because we do have some other ones. Um, and, and, you know, let's talk about the 2006 for a second. This is obviously a, a twin engine, but twin engine training right now is hard to come by. Right. This well, like is there a it, just look at it and fly. It's pretty cool looking, right? Who wouldn't want to, you know, so, you know, we, we talk about, you know, who your audience is, right? You have a great audience here and the pilots, I'll bet you there's a couple on that, that have a Jeep or they have a fancy truck or they drive a Tesla or something like that. They're those people. And we go up to flight schools and that's what's in the parking lots now. And so that's the kind of aircraft they expect to go fly, right? Something that is stylish, something that is, you can say sexy if you want to, something that is up to date something that is fun and fun to fly, right? Something that flies right. That airplane flies right, like the other ones that we designed. A lot of attention is done. This aircraft was designed by pilots for pilots. It's an all metal airplane. The, the other aircraft are composite and metal. This is an all metal airplane. So we put the, uh, the, the Garmin uh, stack in here, the G1000 in it, and um, retractable. It's the, the number one selling uh, twin in the market right now. So we're very proud of that. So That's, that, that, that as well as the fact that, you know, I've flown Seneca's as you have and Aztecs and Apaches and Geronimo conversions and 310s and all those airplanes and that, that are still somewhat found in twin engine training, multi-engine training schools, which is interesting. And I see it sad because of the fact that this aircraft is so much safer and has so much more better flying qualities and environment than any of those airplanes. And of the fact you get a lot more in your training dollar for this. A quick example is, you know, a hundred horse on each side. One of the, the great things about not only the sustainability and, and green touch that this aircraft has, but it's 4.5 gallons per hour per engine, right? Can't yeah. beat that. <laughs> Add so them up together, you don't know, get a single. <laughs> yeah, if you're multi-engine in pilot, and I'm always learning every time I go fly from, from great pilots and instructors that we fly with. So let's just say you're on final approach and, you know, and you're under the hood and all those things are going on and really don't have to learn this airplane. You know, you want to learn to fly a twin engine airplane and likely you're going to, you know, cut an engine or something like that. That's kind of what twin training is about. So we make that transition very easy from our LSAs or from a P-Mentor or from, you know, in and out of a 2010 into this aircraft, right? So we want to make sure that the Garmin stack's the same, it's going to fly the same, it's going to be agile, it's going to be comfortable. All those things are across our product line, making it a kind of a seamless transition. But what makes this aircraft great is if you're flying some of those other aircraft that I mentioned, which are great airplanes in their day, um, you can say, ah, oh, your attitude's a little bit off or your airspeed's off, or you know, let's correct that a little bit, we're a little bit low. You can say that to the, the, the uh, student 
and sit there and wait for them to make that correction. If you're in any of those aircraft that I mentioned, it's going to be my airplane. And as you know, as a student, that's not the word you want to hear is my airplane, because then, you know, it's going to be a debrief that isn't very fun at the end. It's going to be a rework. You're going to have to go do that all over again because it'll be something we got to revisit and you don't feel really great after that. So the rest of the lesson is kind of ruined, right? In this airplane, you have time because of the fact the way the engines are, are, are placed on the high wing of this aircraft, as well as the power of 100 horsepower each, the aircraft does not get away from you. You have time to say, hey, let's look at this airspeed. Let's look at this attitude and correct it. And then we keep flying. And it's not my airplane, it's their airplane. And that's what they're there to do is learn. So we right. found that, that as we put that into flight schools around the world, that's probably the number one thing is ease of integration to this aircraft. It's easy to fly. And B, the transition to get your multi-engine rating is easy and shorter than any other aircraft. And as an operator at only nine gallons per hour, it's a great money machine. Yep, that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, the last one in our quick speed round, uh, which is not all the aircraft that you have, but the last one that we'll cover right here in this is one that is a bit of a surprise, I think, for a lot of people when Technum decided to tackle this, and that is the big guy, the right. 2012. Right. This is so in service yeah. with Cape Air in my backyard here now, replacing a fleet of 402s. Tell, tell me about this. Well, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, we're always, you know, want to get bigger and faster and all those things, but we saw an opportunity with a, a great carrier like Cape Air and they came to us and said, you know, we want to replace some of our older piston aircraft, but we really don't want to go turbine and we want something along this line. So they started drawing it up and with years of, of work with them and design of the cabin and design of the doors, everything that it takes place to, to design the right aircraft, not only for passengers, but for cargo and combi and special missions, this aircraft has it all. And for under $500 an hour direct operating costs, you can't touch it, right? So this aircraft is unique in that way, uh, keeping the lineage of a high wing aircraft with the engines up there so that the FOD doesn't become a problem, loading and unloading, ground operations are easier, it's quieter. Um, and then also having the two doors in the front, we learned that from some of our other uh, aircraft that we build. And then making a stole out of this, uh, we call it simply Technum off limits. And that aircraft is also in the certification right now, period, along with the P-Mentor. So those two airplanes are coming up for certification we're pretty excited about. So that really catapulted, this aircraft catapulted us into that commercial, commercial world. And it's been super successful. We just delivered um, two airplanes to Hawaii. They flew nonstop from LA to Honolulu, which is amazing. And then we just delivered one this past week to the US Virgin Islands. And we'll have a couple more going uh, from Guam into Hawaii soon. So, I mean, they're all over the world and they've proven to be, you know, a workhorse. Uh, there's no other aircraft like this, especially at this price point um, and this flexibility and sustainability that this aircraft has. So it's kind of in its own you know, world because there aren't any other pistons that are new that can do this. And if you don't want to go turbine and you need a twin engine aircraft to go over water or for a special mission or just for the safety and reliability of that other engine, this is that airplane. Yeah, it is. It is very, very cool to to say the least. Uh, let's talk for a minute about sustainability. Uh, when we when we look at things like even the options for the uh, P2010, right. um, you've got the CD170 engine from Continental, which is a very cool engine and allows you to really opens up a lot of options and reduces the cost of flying. Um, Tell me a little bit about your thoughts on, on sustainability and, and how Technum is going to use that in the future. Well, like I said earlier, I think we're really well positioned with uh, not only our Rotax uh, having the MoGas and Avgas aircraft, but the diesel and the Jet A and the SAF powered aircraft. Nobody else has that in their product line and we're spread across the product line. And of course, you mentioned the 170 series, the turbo that's in our Grand Lusso and our TDI in the 2010 series. I mean, what a fantastic aircraft, proven millions of hours in that in that airframe uh, and power plant. And um, it's, you know, under six gallons per hour at cruise at 143 knots. Who can say that, right? <laughs> and, you know, I, we've had, you know, pilots, new pilots fly the aircraft, people that are coming out of a higher performance, uh, low-wing single-engine aircraft back into this aircraft because they want the smooth, they want efficiency, they want sustainability. 
They want the very latest certification. They don't want to carry around a parachute. Those are the reasons this airplane is so popular. And also it's at a great price point, right? Because we, we value price our aircraft. So, you know, you're going you're gonna to pay for all those things, but at a great value, which is awesome. So this aircraft, the TDI and the Grand Lusso are big winners in that. They're in a class by themselves. No one else is building the aircraft with the artistry and with the performance and with the sustainability and the comfort of these aircraft. Yeah. So last topic, which is a big one, but I still want to see what we can fit in having to do with uh, what it means as, as, a, as an aircraft manufacturer. Tell me about the impact or how you're looking at Mosaic. Well, that's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, we had a lot of questions as they they posed that on us right before Oshkosh opened. Everybody, you know, the, the FAA released the, the the preliminary view of those documents. It was a long time waiting, right? And there was a lot of talk about it. And you know, Brazil has incorporated some of those same rules. We look at it as a company as as we're already building aircraft that that could comply to those. So we're not, you know, really we did we did recently. Uh, you know, respond to that inquiry and, and respond to the documents that were sent out for, for question. Um, and we respect that. And we think that changes in aviation to get more people involved is really what it's all about. And that really in the big word, if you capitalize sustainability, that means bring on more pilots. It's not just be build efficient airplanes, right? To sustain general aviation, to sustain air traffic and, and, and transportation as a whole, we've got to train pilots. So that's why we focused, again, back to the fact of training pilots with aircraft like the P-2006 and the P-92 and the 2008 and the P-Mentor. Those aircraft in the 2002 as well, those aircraft are the really the cornerstone benchmark airplanes that are training tomorrow's pilots today. So I think with Mosaic, you know, all of our aircraft um, before they come over to the United States in the LSA category are EASA certified. All of them are anyway. But as far as that, so we're pretty well positioned for whatever speed or weight they want to put on it because we're already certified overseas and it wouldn't probably take a lot to change some manuals or some things that the FAA might require to do that. Um, some of the other manufacturers that are building LSAs that don't comply to those more rigorous standards for EASA and FAA are probably gonna have to scratch their heads and decide whether they wanna participate or not. We don't know how this is all gonna turn out. Of course, recently, you probably read as well as I did that they've extended that deadline again. Yeah, um, we hope they get an administrator uh, in there and, and that, that that understands where we're all at for general aviation with the focus of sustainable flight and acknowledging companies like ours that are making a difference and building and certifying aircraft to the very latest certification standards. I think that's really the cornerstone of this is, is not, you know, allowing companies that, you know, got certification in the 40s and 50s and 70s to allow them to be fathered into these grandfathered into their current certification it's not right so and and i know there's companies that can can combat that all the way but we just don't believe in that we we think current certification is the way to go so i think mosaic's going to touch on that what the final speeds are going to be and the final weights are going to be and you know us as a company we might just design an airplane just for mosaic you never know so <laughs> there's more to come i mean i can that see is, so i haven't seen I like it, that. I think it right i like that a lot and uh any chance we can get you guys thinking about uh, something in, in the category that we use for our business travel? Six seats, 200 mile an hour goal, something like that. Is that anywhere ever going to be on a Technum radar? We, not we don't say no at our company and we don't assume much. So uh, <laughs> I can't say, but you know, that, that, that certainly hasn't been overlooked. Um, the, the, the team was, uh, the leadership team was at MBAA and, and they, they scoured over everybody that was displaying. So they don't miss much, right? And they have, yeah. uh, like I said, artistry and they've got some great engineers. So I'm sure there's something somewhere that I don't know about. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, David, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to join us here and, and give so many people a clue into what goes on behind the scenes and, um, and maybe introduce a few more people into Technum. And I hope I can get you to come back where I can dig into your personal story because there is a book in all of that and I want to hear those stories of your your international travel and so many other things that you've done so I hope you'll come back for a for a focus on that well I'm gonna go register for the headset I want to win the light speed so. <laughs> absolutely yeah, I appreciate the time that's great thanks well have a wonderful evening and thanks again Thank you. appreciate it good night night
and thank you to all of you who've taken time out of your evening to join us here again on Social Flight Live. We're off next week for Halloween, where everybody will be out there either flying or doing a pumpkin drop or something else. If you look in Social Flight, you will find some amazing Halloween and fall-oriented events, literally pumpkin drops, pie-in, fly-ins, and so many other cool things. So be sure to check that out. And we're back on Tuesday, November 7th at 8 p.m. with aviation filmmaker Adam White of Hemlock Films. Really going to be a fascinating evening. He made the film The Restorers and Red Tail Reborn and so many other things. It's really worth taking a look at there. So uh, please join us for that evening. On Tuesday, November 14th, after that, we're going inside the Skunk Works from Lockheed with Mr. J.B. Brown. And that is also going to be a deep dive with a lot of interesting, uh, interesting things that you may not know about the Lockheed Skunk Works and what it was like in there. And then on Tuesday, November 21st, what's it like to fly the NASA Super Guppy? Well, we're going to talk to the team that makes that aircraft fly. Until next time, I'm Jeff Simon for Social Flight. I wish you all blue skies.